Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. In the game before the game, Michigan football travels to Maryland. Will Jim Harbaugh be on the sidelines? We bring you the latest, preview the matchup with the Terrapins, discuss Michigan's hot start to the season on the hardwood, and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here Thursday morning, November 16th, about 48 hours, I guess 50 hours uh, before kickoff between Michigan and Maryland in College Park. We've got a lot to discuss here on the podcast leading up to the game. Um, kind of first thing would just be, you know, what's been going on at availability this week, you know, talking to Jim Harbaugh on Monday and and others, uh, you know, the in the couple days after, you know, what has kind of been some of the the biggest news uh, that's come out of it. And and also, well, yeah, let's start there. What, what has kind of been some of the biggest things that's come out of it? Uh, I don't know where to start. Monday was <laughs> fascinating because you had Jim Harbaugh come out and proclaim Michigan to be America's team, a la the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he said that he wants to speak Friday at the court hearing for the temporary restraining order against the Big Ten. He was talking about chickens again. Uh, a lot going on. And then, obviously, there's a football game Saturday, as you mentioned. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a little bit of a comedy show on on Monday. One maybe, maybe the most entertaining Jim Harbaugh press conference during his Michigan tenure, and it's just some odd timings for some of the comments, but uh, definitely entertaining and a lot of content coming out of it. I mean, yeah, I mean whether it was Judge Judy stuff or, or fighting or he's being the iron wall that viruses smash against. I mean, just some of the things he said, man. Like I mean, everyone kind of chuckled at, it and it's like, well. He, pretty good mood it seemed like considering all the off the field stuff going on this week let's be clear he was not sick he lost his voice screaming at the tv saturday uh his players basically outed him afterwards he was talking about it because i guess for folks unaware he he showed up monday for the press conference with a grovelly raspy hoarse voice i think the assumption at that point was he was sick uh someone asked him about it and you know he, he he mentioned the virus thing but afterwards the player said yeah he didn't have that raspy voice before the game but he had it after the game. So the assumption was he was screaming at the TV during the game. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bummed to have missed it on, on the plane to New York for, for a basketball game. But uh, yeah, um, I, I it's interesting. The America's team thing. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you guys make of this? Because first of all, when you're and if you call yourself America's team in a way, sometimes America's team is actually really in truth, disliked by many people. I mean, the Cowboys are a team that, sure, they have their fans, but I think a lot of people also really dislike the Cowboys. Uh, but yeah, this whole Michigan versus everybody kind of motto that they've been leaning on the, the last few weeks. I guess, what do you make of that in general? Because, you know, they the the program violated rules. I mean, I think we, we know that for certain. Um, I guess you could argue whether they should have been punished uh, right now, whether Jim Harbaugh should be the one that, that was that was punished. Um, but yeah, the whole, what, what do you kind of make of this, uh, victim mentality that they're, they're playing right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, they're conflicting statements, right? On, on one hand, you have these Michigan versus everybody t-shirts basically saying Michigan's up against everybody and everyone hates them, everything else. And then the flip side, you got their head coach coming out here, uh, saying that they should be America's team, that <laughs> the college football world should be rallying around them because they're trying to beat the NCAA and they're unfairly being attacked and everything else. So it's, it's kind of weird. Um, it, I, I, I think victim mentality is a good way to put it. I, I, I think 
I, I, you know, I, I think they feel like they've obviously been improperly like chased after here, but I don't know. It's just funny. I think it's, it's kind of absurd when you think about it all. I know Michigan fans probably don't want to hear that, but I think it's 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 pretty well understood here that rules were violated. Uh, it's it depends depends on what degree they went here and what the NCAA finds. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, the Big Ten has determined to this point that you that the program violated its sportsmanship policy and they decided to penalize Harbaugh's response. So I, I don't know. It's a good marketing ploy. I mean, there sounds like they're making a lot of money off the Michigan versus everybody shirts. Um, beyond that, I, I I don't know. Just kind of roll your eyes at it. Yeah, I mean, us in the media can roll their eyes and, and uh, fan bases of other teams can roll their eyes. But, I mean, bottom line is whatever the players and the coaches and the team can find is motivation. And if that works for them, I mean, they're going to use it. And right now it seems like it's working as silly as it seems to us. But the more I kind of think of it, Andrew's kind of right. Like the America's team thing with the Cowboys, I mean, it kind of applies to Michigan. It's, yeah, they're they have a huge fan base, but the fan bases of the other teams really dislike the Cowboys and the Cowboys draw huge ratings. There's always eyeballs on them and it's either because people love them or they hate watch them. And at this point, that's kind of what's going on with mission. I mean, mission's always drawn good ratings on on TV, but it's probably just going to continue to improve when they're in the, in the limelight here. So just play devil's advocate here. I mean, you could make the case of everything you just said was the case before all this happened. I mean, people, Michigan was still watched. Their, Their ratings for games were fantastic. I mean, people, watched them because they were either fans or hate watched them before. So I don't necessarily think that think that has changed. Maybe the level of hatred from folks who were weren't fans to begin with maybe has gone up. I don't let's I will say this the Michigan fan base largely seems to have rallied around this program. Uh folks, you know, they they've come out and supported Jim Harbaugh. They maybe more importantly in this situation, I, I think this has helped bring the university and the administration and the football program maybe together more so than it was before. Um because now you've got You've got kind of Santa Ono, the AD Award Manual, Jim Harbaugh kind of all working on one team along with the Regents. And you can make the case just, you know, 12 to 24 months ago that maybe wasn't wasn't the wasn't the case. It's brought the athletic faculty together. I I, I don't want to speak for regular faculty and, and other uh, departments in the university. I mean, who knows? They might be thinking all this attention is now going on the athletic department, the football program, but like we're over here and we have other issues to deal with too, everyday life issues. So, um, but yeah, it does seem like it's been a, a rallying moment for the athletic department. And um, as we've kn- known in the past, like Ward and, and Harbaugh have kind of had a, a little bit of a rocky relationship, it seems like, but if they're on the same page here, maybe it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good look for them to be on, on the same page and supporting each other, but it's just been, a roller coaster ride, and I mean, it doesn't look like we're getting off anytime soon. Teams will look for any little bit of motivation if they if there's no you know kind of criticism or or something to to spark them. They'll they'll make it up at at times. We we've seen that. Um, and you know this this reminds me of you know Ryan Day. You know we we've talked about it on the podcast after the you know Notre Dame game, kind of calling out Lou Holtz and and saying that every no one was saying his team was tough. And you know I, I think in this case. <laughs> The, the main beef that that Michigan and its fans have is they don't they just don't feel like the punishment fits the crime. And they probably felt that way early in the season with Jim Harbaugh being suspended, albeit by the school, you know, for three games. And now and now another one. It just seems like, yeah, it, 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 folks are piling on Michigan right now. And it's, you know, a little a little too much. But uh, yeah, one random thing I wanted to ask about was um, 
you know, I saw, you know, Harbaugh's comments. He mentioned, you know, Sharon Moore and, and Ben Herbert, the strength coach, uh, you know, kind of for their roles in, in Saturday's game. And then I saw a tweet from, you know, ESPN analyst Kirk Herbstreet, you know, with his coaches of the week, coaching performances of the week. And, uh, you know, he listed five or six. And, and for Michigan, he had Sharon Moore and Ben Herbert as well. He had those two guys. Um, I, I, can you guys give me any insight into this? I know that a strength coach um, is often kind of like a second head coach in a way because, you know, he can be with players uh, at times that the head coach can't by NCAA rule. You know, they're, they're not allowed to be with them, you know, 365 days a year. Uh, but yeah, is there, is there something more here with, with Ben Herbert's, uh, you know, role on, on this past weekend or with our buyout? I, I'm scratching my head at that. I, I don't know. Herbert was asked about this week. Um, but several people, I, there was no, like, it didn't sound like he had an, any increased role on Saturday. Um, he's always on the sideline. He's always, you know, helping out. Yeah. The Jim Harbaugh so, uh, promoted him quote unquote to associate head coach before the se- season even began, gave him a huge raise. He's making over a million dollars a year. So I don't know if his, his direct role has changed much with Harbaugh potentially on the sideline. Um, but you you hit it. I, I think the the program has developed a strong bond. The, the players w- with the strength coach for the last couple of years, Jim Harbaugh is credited. I, I think um, you know Ben for the last couple of years of kind of helping mold the culture that this this program has kind of um, you know built itself on. So no, I, I don't know if there's any difference on Saturday. Just I, I think it's more more praise for the job Herbert's done the last couple of years in the strength. And because like you said, it, especially in the off season. There's no other staff member in this in Schembechler Hall that these guys are on more than Ben Herbert and the strength staff. So right. there's there's obviously been a, a great rapport built there. I don't think it's changed, obviously, and I think it's just more credit to him. Yeah, like I've kind of forgot that he was the associate head coach. I mean, typically that would be the person that would, um, you know, be the interim head coach. You're seeing that with uh, Michigan men's basketball with Phil Martelli when the head coach is out, but on tip. Typically on staffs, that is an actual assistant coach, not the not the strength coach. So I guess that's that's a difference here. Um, okay, so as far as Jim Harbaugh, he is suspended for three games, and he served the first of those at Penn State. So he's as of now not supposed to be. Um, you know, he can travel with the team, and I, I imagine he will, um, but will not be on the sidelines. You know, not allowed at the stadium on game day. But tomorrow, Friday, he's going to try to. Uh, have that, I don't know if overturned is the right word or just put a halt on, you know, what, what's happening. Uh, yeah. Can you guys kind of fill me in on, on what exactly is happening tomorrow in, in the courts? Yeah. Jim is expected to be on hand in the courthouse, downtown Ann Arbor, 9 a.m. Friday. Uh, lawyers representing him and Michigan's Board of Regents uh, have filed a, a, a motion for a temporary restraining order against the Big Ten and Commissioner Tony Petiti. Uh, lawyers for that, that side will be on hand as well. Uh, essentially, Michigan, yeah, is trying to get this this suspension kind of halted. Um, that's what a temporary restraining order would do. It'll allow Jim Harbaugh to be back on the sidelines Saturday. It's going to be up to uh, Judge Timothy P. Connors, uh, a Washington County judge, to make a determination here. The assumption is he is going to make a ruling one way or the other. I guess it's possible he kicks the can down the road further, but he, by the time this hearing comes Friday morning, It'll have been almost, uh, you know, a full week for him to kind of go over the documents and in, in, in the in both sides' cases here. So, um, the assumption I'm making here, and again, we're working off of incomplete information because we're not privy to everything, and the lawyers have not spoken to any to any media members. But um, my assumption here is Michigan is, is going to make kind of a twofold case here, right? That their due due process, 
and there's been irreparable harm done to the program by sidelining Jim Harbaugh. They have to make the case for both situations here. I don't know if due process is going to be enough, and the irreparable harm situation, I, I think there's going to be a knock against them too just because they won Saturday without Jim Harbaugh, and they won their first three, three games without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. So going into this thing, um, I, I do think this, that things are stacked probably against Michigan. I'm Not, not to say they can't get it, but um, in speaking to a re- former retired judge, uh, earlier today, actually, before we started recording this, um, you know, he, he made it sound like uh, he expects a decision to be made. Um, you know, it's possible Michigan would file a, a um, an appeal afterwards, but that probably wouldn't come until next week. So uh, Michigan's got a case to meet. They're going to make their case in court. They're going to they're going to hear a ruling and then we'll find out. We should find out at least probably by late morning whether Jim will be on the sidelines or not. And Jim will speak. He's, he said, you know, he said on Monday he, he plans to be there and to kind of make his case. But yeah, what's... he he wants to, it sounds like, you know, in fact, Monday when we asked him about it, he, he mentioned the due process and he wants the court to hear the merit of the case. Um, if it was up to him, I think he would. I, I don't know if his attorneys are going going to allow him. Uh, and he's got a large group of attorneys. I think last I checked, there were six different individuals representing him on Saturday on Friday. So um, in talking to that retired judge, he'd be surprised if Judge Connors took some testimony in court, that's uh, probably not needed at this point. And to be honest with you, and this is me speculating, if I was an attorney, knowing what Jim Harbaugh tends to say, he can go off the cuff sometimes. He might say stuff that potentially damages their case. So if I was a judge or if I was a, an attorney for Jim Harbaugh, I don't know if I'd allow him to speak or maybe <laughs> just read some written statement and, and stop there. I, I don't know. But if it was up to Jim, I think he would. I mean, he clearly was was interested in it Monday when we asked. He, he sounds like he's ready for it, um, whether he does on Friday. And, and he acknowledges much. You know, someone did follow up and say, are you like prepared to testify? And he's like, well, I, I don't know yet. I don't know what they're going to say. So I, I don't know. He should be there. Whether he speaks right. is a different story. It is funny how much we've heard due process over the past week or so. And I mean, it's it makes it seem like this is such a, a nefarious, like criminal case when when it really isn't. And I mean, there's also been instances in sports related stuff, too, that where athletes or players have not had due process before decisions have been made. I mean, if a player is arrested for certain things, there's been times they've been kicked off the team before any due process or anything too. So, I mean, there's, that's different situations and stuff like that. But I mean, it's, this isn't some unprecedented thing where there's been a punishment before due process, quote unquote. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens Friday, but like this, to me, it's, it's not like this is the first time, like it's, that's some rare case where this, Oh my God, I can't believe that they did this and ruled this early. Um, when there is kind of precedent for this. That, that's a good point. The The legal bar is much higher than it is for, you know, just, yeah, a conference or a teams or, or any individuals kind of, yeah, just personal set of conduct standards or whatever. Uh, so, yeah. All right. I got you. So even if Har- even if Harbaugh wanted to speak and even if his lawyers think, OK, this is a good idea, it's possible the judge could say could say, no, I'm just I'm just not allowing testimony in this case. So uh, you'll you'll be there, Aaron. Yes, that's the plan to, to cover this thing and, and, and report on it tomorrow morning. That is the plan. We should have photographer there too, and I'm sure there, I'm sure there'll be a lot of media members there. So if folks listening to this, well, I'm sure you know you'll be bombarded by the coverage uh, Friday Friday morning.
Okay, I didn't know if you'd have to. We'd have to rely on um, you know, your drawing of a little sketch of Jim Harbaugh uh, standing up there tomorrow. But you about. don't want that. I was I didn't do very well in the, in art class in school. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, if the if 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 that changes and the photographer is not allowed in, I'm I'm really going to demand that that be part of part of your story or at least shared. Uh, you know, on, on the next next podcast here, at least for us on, on the video here. All right, so yes, there is a, a football game uh, on Saturday, 12.05 p.m. Is, is kickoff time for Michigan at Maryland. Uh, let's talk about this matchup a little bit. Um, Maryland started the season 5-0, and but against teams that are combined 15-35 and right now, uh, you know, based on kind of these rankings that, that rank every team in college football, uh, the, best, the best team they played during that stretch might have been Michigan State. So that kind of tells you, you know, what, what, what that schedule is like to start the season, uh, you know, then lost, um, you know, four in a row after that before finally getting a win this last Saturday, uh, at Nebraska 13, 10, and it, it's a much needed win. I think, I actually think I'll, I'll be putting this in my, you know, predictions that you'll read on mlive.com slash Wolverines tomorrow. But I think that's a, that's a big win for Maryland confidence wise to, you know, head into this game and, and feeling a little bit, you know, better about themselves. But, uh, yeah, what's kind of Michigan side of, the, of this matchup, and yeah, what what do you expect to see, you know, on Saturday? For Michigan, it's going to come down to containing Talia Tagabayola, the Maryland quarterback. Uh, he had a decent game last year against them. I think threw for two hundred yards and a touchdown, but they did get a couple interceptions and and, and did create uh, force him to to make some mistakes. And I think that's what's going to come down to Saturday. If they can keep Talia from beating them, I think they're going to have no problem. Um, but we have to remember, I mean, Michigan really hasn't faced much of like a, a, a mobile, talented quarterback to this degree yet. So I'm real curious to see how they handle him. Um, defense so far has been fantastic. They've done a good job of at least getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Um, but how that looks Saturday, well, I think will be uh, will be important. Um, Michigan hasn't again. Michigan hasn't faced a, a passing attack to I think this this strength or this magnitude yet. So in a way, it's going to be a test. Um, if they can kind of get through the first quarter, quarter and a half without, you know, too many issues, I think they'll be fine. And the spread again is close, pushing 20 points. So odds makers are expecting another lopsided game here. I, I tend to lean that way. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. And I, part of me wonders too, like how long they, you know, assuming this is a lopsided game, how long they keep the starters in knowing what's ahead next week at Ohio state. Uh, cause you want to keep the guys healthy and, and keep them available. So I guess it wouldn't shock me if this game ends up being a little closer than odds makers expect. But I, I do think Michigan wins this game rather comfortably. To me, I, I thought the number would be bigger. I mean, I, I like Andrew said, I don't think this Maryland team is very good at all. Like we kind of saw this coming earlier in the year where we're like, yeah, they're undefeated, but they're Maryland and they always seem to fade near the end of the year. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And yeah, they beat uh, Nebraska by three points last week, but it only scored 13 points. Uh, I mean, the week before they lost 51 to 15 at home against Penn State. So it's like, ugh, I, I don't know. I, I think Michigan rolls in this one. I, I mean, I don't think there's any sort of trap game chance for for Rutgers. I mean, I, I think this, this Michigan team is, is dialed in right now and will have even more motivation if Harbaugh's on the sidelines again. It could be their 1,000th win in program history. Uh, I mean, yeah, some of those wins are against the, some high school teams. But, yeah, that's still a big milestone. Would be the first ever – college program to do that 
Um, and yeah, Talia likes tin tin is prone to turnovers too. And as we've seen, this Michigan defense is pretty good at, at forcing turnovers this year. So I'm, I'm expecting a, a big mission or a, another lopsided Michigan win this week. To give you an idea of how quote unquote locked in Michigan might be this week, one of their edge rushers, this Derek Moore was asked this week about, about a trap game. And he had to, like a reporter had to explain to him what a trap game was. So either he didn't understand it or they're not even like, it's not even like in his mind. So it, the, the concept came up. It always comes up in week 11 before the Ohio State game, given, the, especially this year, given the fact they were just coming off the, the win over Penn State. But I don't see anything changing with this team. I mean, they're, they're as motivated as they come. We, we've obviously talked a ton about the off the field stuff. Um, they, they, and while a loss may not hurt their chances of winning, you know, getting into the Big Ten championship, uh, you also have to factor in that there's bigger things at play in the playoff, and, and a loss could certainly hurt that too. So they, they want to win. I don't necessarily think they feel like they need to blow them out, but I, I do think they come away Saturday with, with, with another victory. It's funny that no Michigan players took the bait for any Ohio State talk this week. I mean, it was we're focused only on Maryland, and, and that's it at this point. So not surprising, but yeah, it would it would have been like obviously they're they're probably inside the the room there. They're they're definitely focused on Ohio State, thinking about Ohio State. But yeah, nothing nothing in the media or uh, discussions this week. I called it on the last podcast. There would be um you know questions about about the trap. Uh, but yes, not surprised that that they didn't. I would have liked to have been there when when Derek Moore was asked that. I, I like the idea of him him being asked and just you know, told what it is. And then, Oh, I wasn't thinking about that, but maybe, maybe, maybe we could be trapped on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, all, all the stats kind of suggest that, uh, you know, Tagovailoa is, you know, maybe the third best quarterback in the big 10 behind JJ McCarthy and, and Ohio state's Kyle McCord. He's, you know, third in completion percentage, third in yards per attempt, third in passer rating. Um, you know, he's actually first in some of the, you know, kind of countable stats yards per game. He's first, uh, you know, touchdowns. He's first, um, you know, has thrown, you know, the eight interceptions, which is, you know, higher than, than those other guys I mentioned, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a veteran presence. He, he doesn't, he hasn't always played like the veteran in an Ohio state game. He made some, some bad mistakes that, you know, kept him from, you know, being in that game late. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. And quarterback play in the big 10 this year has a pretty low bar, Andrew, pretty <laughs> low bar. Yes, those other two guys I mentioned are 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 good, but uh, yeah, after that, I guess yes, you can understand the the drop off. But um, yeah, you know the game the game last year was close, as you guys mentioned, it was a Big Ten opener, Michigan. Um, you know, it may be a little closer than than the score indicated, but it was it was you know kind of competitive throughout. Um, but yeah, yeah, before that, Michigan went to Maryland and dominated them. So uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see how this one plays out leading into uh, the the Michigan. Ohio State game. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little hoops here. Uh, like I said, Monday I was at Madison Square Garden uh, for Michigan men's basketball against St. John's. Um, after two games against mid-major competition, this was you know a Big East team uh, with a lot of a lot of talent on the roster. Um, you know, true true road game and, and you know at the Garden and uh, Michigan Michigan dominated. I mean, the the start was a little frenetic pace where uh, you know it, it was close, but then you know Michigan pulled away near the end of the first half and then started the second half really strong. And, um, you know, the, the, the final score of 89-73 was it, it really not indicative of, of how dominant Michigan was. They were up 26 at, at one point in this game. This has been a theme where the last few minutes the, 
the opponent makes a mini run to to make it a little closer. But you know, Michigan now three and zero, and you know, with with every game that goes by, you get further away from what people thought this team was going to be at the beginning of the year. I mean, we can still talk about it now, and probably will for another week or two. You know, picked eleventh in the Big Ten and all that they lost, but you know, as, as the games go on, that's going to start to not matter. And that's what I want to ask you. I'm not asking you to make any grand proclamations or anything about this team, but three games in, maybe what, what has surprised you most about the, the success they've had on the court? Yeah, the the offense in particular is, is completely different, and we knew it had to be when, you know, you lose Hunter Dickinson and then, you know, the other two top scorers as well. Um, it's definitely more free-flowing, uh, sort of aesthetically pleasing offense. Um, you know, you kind of go back to, you know, a couple few years ago when they had, you know, Mike Smith at point guard and, and, you know, some NBA talent around them and the, the, the ball popped around. It didn't stick as, as coaches like to say. And, uh, you know, it was, it was different guys on different nights and, and that's kind of the, the case here. And, you know, point guard Doug McDaniel has just been a revelation. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's made that sophomore jump as they say, and, you know, has, has just been really good at, 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 you know, putting pressure on defenses and either scoring for himself or setting up teammates. And, um, you know, they're, they're knocking down their shots right now, shooting 41% from three. Um, and yeah, getting contributions from, from a lot of different guys. So, uh, yeah, this has been a, a a very impressive start to the year. Uh, they get long beach state on, uh, on Friday, um, at Chrysler. And then, uh, yeah, then they go to the Bahamas for the, the battle for Atlantis. They draw, you know, Memphis in the first game and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see after that, that's next Wednesday. And then they play Thanksgiving and, and Friday as well, um, you know, in that tournament. So, um, you know, that's the one that they won, um, Jawan Howard's first year when they got off to such a great start and then, you know, hit a little bit of a, you know, speed bump at times in big 10 play um, that, you know, that postseason ended up getting canceled. So, you know, we don't know what Michigan could have done in that, but, uh, yeah, you know, couldn't, couldn't have asked for, for a better start, uh, so far 89 points or more in all three games i mean offensive juggernaut wolverines man every just like everyone saw coming this year <laughs> yeah i mean the the whole thing was like this they should be a much you know better team defensively and that's what they'll have to lean on um now you, you know you can't get out and run you know unless you're you're getting stops and and their defense has been good rebounding was was an issue against st john's but but yeah it's been it's more been more the other side of the ball that has been that has been so uh impressive um and, and the women are are you know, two and zero as well after uh, you know last night's win, um, and they will they will head to the Bahamas as well. They're in the the women's version of the event, which starts a little earlier. They play Saturday as their first game, you know, in that against uh, Middle Tennessee. I'll have a you know preview of that you know tomorrow on on slash Wolverines. But uh, yeah, good starts for for both Michigan teams on the hardwood. All right, well we've got Michigan football. 12.05 p.m. Eastern Time at Maryland. We'll have full coverage leading up to that game during and after, as well as of Jim Harbaugh's uh, day in court here in Ann Arbor and his attempt to get back on the sideline. Read more about it at MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>